0: This is episode 27 of the Rising Man podcast with Travis Rosnos. Let's do it. What up and welcome back, Rising Man community. It's your boy Jetty Azuma, the host and creator of this show, and I am so thrilled to have you guys back for another episode of the rising man podcast we are wrapping up july i can't believe it it's like we just started the year and here we are more than halfway through it already and in the thick of the heat of the summer speaking of which the heat is coming to you guys i have a huge announcement that i'll be making in the next couple of weeks so stay tuned it's an opportunity for us to take this rising man community even further even further than we already have. So stay tuned, you guys. The summer is just heating up. The Rising Man Facebook group has been popping off right now. If you're not already a member of the Rising Man Facebook group, head over to facebook.com slash groups slash the Rising Man. Get yourself invited. If you're already a member, please invite another man in your life who could benefit from being a part of this growing Rising community today. All right. And if you guys have been listening to this podcast and you want to connect because you're recognizing that you can't overcome these obstacles by yourself anymore, maybe you heard the episode that was released just a couple of weeks ago about hunting alone and trying to do it all by ourselves. Hit me up. Let's set up a conversation because I am committed to supporting men, igniting their purpose, and living a life that is fulfilling to them. Because it's not just about you, it's not just about me, it's about all the people in our lives across the world. Who depend on us being our highest and greatest selves. So if that's you, if you're feeling like you're in a funk, you're in a challenge right now that you can't find your way out of, hit me up with a message on Facebook or send me an email at jettyazuma at gmail.com and I will help you find your very next step today. Don't wait, don't wait, you guys. It's time to take action. It's It's been long enough of doing it by yourself. I know, I know the feeling. I know the feeling of being all alone and not knowing what to do being too proud to ask for help, you don't have to do that anymore. I got you, we got you. There's a whole community, hundreds of men, literally across the world, that wanna support you. So reach out, that's the first step. Without further ado, my guest for this week is a man by the name of Travis Rosnos. He has been a participant in the Embodied Men's Leadership Training under the guidance of John Wineland and his Embodied Men's work. He is a certified Wim Hof Method instructor. Uh, If you guys are not familiar with Wim Hof, that's a very specialized breathing method that teaches you how to adapt to really extreme environments as well as stressful environments he has experienced the power of men's work firsthand and travis has created programs that lead men in discovering their purpose and their path he's the creator of the drop which is a program that helps men claim their self-mastery and vitality and just a fantastic man Living out in Austin, Texas, Uh, my man Travis really brought some powerful wisdom to this episode. In this one, we talked about growing up without the presence of a father and how sports and teams activities often fill the void of masculine leadership for young men. He talked about taking the leap and jumping into the unknown of men's work for the first time. He's got a really compelling story of how he found himself in a men's circle and how becoming a part of a men's circle can change your life drastically and I can completely endorse that statement. Stepping into a men's circle changed my life incredibly. That is one of the milestones in my life that changed it all forever. So I won't leak any more of this episode. I'll let Travis do all the work here. So without further ado, Travis Rosnos. All right. Travis, my man, joining us all the way from Austin, Texas. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for for having me on. I'm, I'm
1: stoked to, to chat with you today.
0: Yeah, man. Really looking forward to wherever this conversation is going to take us. I know the intention and purpose of it is that uh, we, we talk a lot about the difference between information and action. So we'll I look forward to sourcing your wisdom for the benefit of anyone who's listening once we get to it. But before we dive into that topic, I want to start off this interview the way I've started off every one of the interviews so far. What to you is the difference between a boy and a man? Well, a man is fully
1: aware. He's meticulously aware of his surroundings, his personality, his maybe weaknesses if you want to call them weaknesses, but you know, personality triggers, you know, he's he has gone on a discovery path, self-discovery path for the betterment of others to serve his family, his community and his, and his fellow man. So, you know, I think there's a discovery piece and then there's, you know, with a strong intention to, to, to know himself so he can serve other people.
0: Right on. And what about the boy? What are some of the qualities of a boy? Well, young boy is full of like wonder
1: and awe. He, you know, he can move through the world and, and still be, you know really tethered to just joy and excitement and there's less inhibitions and layers that he's picked up on right that that sort of mask his true essence right his like effortless expression so there's a lot of
0: value too right and mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in the boyish parts of us so yeah i'm glad you say that man that's been something that's been coming up more in these conversations with men is that there's so much emphasis put on Becoming a man in society—just the the words, the statement, "I'm a man," or "I can't wait to be a man someday." Or, you should grow up and be a man. Sort of denotes this negative aspect or negative connotation onto being a boy, but there's a there's a lot of value in the boy. So let me follow up with that. What is what is the value of the boy as a as a grown man?
1: Mm. Well, particularly as you know, in relating to the world or you know to the feminine, you know, whether that's feminine in, in the world as a whole. Just chaos and movement, you know, um our partners can be masculine, feminine, whatever. But I, I think the wonder, right? Like in a chaotic moment or stressful times, I I think if we have a texture of of awe and like wow, like I, you know, I, you know, I I I'm living, right? I'm I'm like fly, floating around on this rock that's moving. Like there, I think the world is calling for more of men to to find awe and and, and just like the underlying like wow you know, wow, like, look at what we
0: have at our fingertips, you know? Yeah. Beautiful, man. Well, that, that sets a great context for this conversation. Um, let's take a little bit of a look into your story so that the audience can get to know you. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you survived and, and grew through um, as a young boy, as a teenager on your journey to becoming a man? I love that question because it's challenges rise where
1: we grow you know, there's a lot of juice in some some of the harder times. My background was, I was raised solely by my mother. So there was not a lot of masculine. Um, You know, I had a grandfather that died right before I was born too. So I definitely, I came into the world with a beautiful and super motivated grandmother and mother to like make me just the best person I can be, you know, and sports was my outlet to, you know, find and navigate like, how I responded to the world, you know? And so sports for me, right. Uh, was like my greatest, and, you know, I was three sport athletes in high school and, you know, enjoyed, I think that like masculine mentorship that came with like the coaches and the coaching relationships, you know, I think I naturally had a heavier relationship to the full experience outside of like, Oh, I like, I love competing, you know? And, performing and you know but it was also uh, like heartbreaking for me getting feedback in that environment was really really challenging for me you know in football right i came from a small town where you know football was everything It was like friday night lights type of that was the atmosphere and i remember just you know having a lot of emotional heaviness around getting sharp sharp feedback from coaching because even in high school football you know feedback can start to get pretty heavy you know it can come down on you. And although I was aware, like I know it's not personal, I, I was also aware that I wasn't able to handle it appropriately or in a constructive way. And so I actually identified that weakness at a very young age, Hmm. you know, so that was a challenge that, I mean, it's an ongoing practice for me, but um, a big challenge for me was when I tore my ACL. So I had a big injury that, that prevented me from, you know, going the distance, so to say my senior year. And, you know, as an 18 year old, that was really heartbreaking, you know, like crutching out to the middle of the field, like on the opening day, senior year, like I seriously was crushed. I was crushed, you know, and. was supposed to start on both sides of the ball it was like to me it was like everything you know it's like this is the year yeah i was i was really heartbroken and i i I, that began my journey that really began i mean look it started earlier too just because of you know being raised by my mother and asking a lot of questions and trying to find my place you know but um i was like okay this is gonna be this is gonna define who i am i know it's going to Mm -hmm. you know um yeah and,
0: and those are some those are some really powerful challenges to encounter as a young person you know we're talking before high school, you know, you you grew up without your father around without your grandfather. And so really, so what was what was the situation there? Was your father around at all?
1: No, he wasn't. No.
0: Um, He
1: was incarcerated months after I was born. So um, and and for a very long time. So there there,
0: there was uh, zero access to, to to that relationship. So maybe you could just speak a little bit. I know a lot of guys who are listening to this will have a similar experience of either their father wasn't around for that same reason or another reason. Uh, unfortunately, it's epidemic in our society to some degree. So what was your experience yeah. like of not having that, just that father figure in, in the home environment?
1: Yeah. And, and if you're like, if you're listening to this, like, you know, I think, you know, at, at growing into manhood, it's really hard for us to like, want to look back on some of those rougher edges of our lives but you know listen closely you know not just to this because it's my interview but listen to to this podcast like there's a lot of men sharing this kind of wisdom and stories around let's just say fatherlessness and there is a lot of value in processing it getting support around it so yeah that that's all i'll say about that but what was it like you know there i think dividedness in our world is very um you know it's epidemic I think there's a there's human nature involved where we feel like we're separate like we don't belong that we're not understood right and you know throw that on top of I, I think you know young high school kids and even uh, grown adults that don't actually know how to relate in a really compassionate way and so it shakes things up and it makes it hard for us to kind of like own who we are you know and so owning who I was was really hard for me because I, I hadn't gotten over the circumstantial story, you know, the story that like, you know, when he left, like so clearly like, you know, whatever our family was to him, it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't worth like making different decisions with his life, you know? He wasn't here for a bigger reason, you know? So like, what's the point? It turned me into a very, very, uh, you know, so I think this part of my life because it made me super competitive. You know, I got a 4.0 in high school and in college. It was great at sports. I was like, I'm going to be the best that I could be to like prove, I don't know who, you know, whoever I was trying to prove it to. Uh (laughs) You know, so, so I, I really thank that part, like, I love that, like, that's amazing that I had that drive. So it made me super driven and to a fault because the fault was, I didn't want to feel it. I didn't want to like, actually, I didn't want to feel that I was alone, right. Or that I wasn't really loved around that story and all that. So feeling like building a shell around, you know, my body, emotional body that those layers ran really deep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I totally understand that, man. And then also just thinking about what you said before about you looked to some of that male mentorship from your coaches, from being on team. So how did that support you uh, in the absence of having your father or your grandfather around?
1: Yeah. And that's, this, that's a great question for like, like, you know, this framework for like what you're doing, right. And like, like mentorship in the world and like the idea of mentorship. In society, like we need mentors outside of like Hollywood and, you know, even, even most of the teachers we have in school, they're all females and that's not bad. Not bad at all. You know, but the male, male to male mentorship is definitely a lost or it's been a more of a faded concept in our culture. So, but I, I had, I, luckily, I had men, you know, as coaches and they were great men, you know, men of integrity and they were super on purpose, you know, that they, they felt this is what they were here to do and that it, it would serve others and it would serve their community. And so you could feel that. And so, like, energetically, I was just like, wow these guys are, you know, I, it's interesting. Cause I remember we had a guy that, um, you know, he's one of the most winningest coaches in high school football in Wisconsin history. I'm from Wisconsin and I, I learned a lot of lessons from him. I mean, I think the whole experience is great. You know, it's camaraderie, it's hard work, it's follow through, but I was like, I want to be a coach. Um, I want to, I want to be a coach. I want to be, uh, I want to do what this guy's doing, you know? So, so the role model relationship, I think allowed me to aspire to a bigger future
0: for myself. So in the absence of some of these uh, masculine or male role models at home, you know, you were on sports teams, you had coaches around you all the time. So what was the importance of that mentorship coming from your coaches and from these other men in your lives as a teen, as a young developing man?
1: Yeah, that brings me back to uh, like the halftime speeches, right? Like we had coaching staff that was super engaged and they always took that opportunity. I just I remember like multiple times having the the thought that and just being grateful like, you know, this was my source of like mentorship and it allowed me to aspire to like to have a larger than life viewpoint. Like things were challenging at home, you know, it was like growing up and like money was tight and um it was like, yeah, like I want to do that. I want to be a coach. You know, I, maybe it was sports, you know, or you know, in some way, but the the mentor idea and like the concept was like wow like yeah i think i can do that i think i can i can i can i can take that path at some point in my life and, and inspire and serve and be somebody that other people look up to so i got that concept through that process
0: mm-hmm. nice so there was a seed planted at that point because because now we know looking on looking back on things this is yeah. kind of what led you into your life so how how did that transition or, or translate into some of the work you're doing now in your life Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I signed the contract, like a lot of young men out there after
1: college, like going to do the corporate path and work 50 to 60 hours a week and hitch my wagon to that. And again, like my background served me, I was driven, I was competitive. So in like a sales capacity, like it just, it worked. Uh, But then I like had to look like, okay, if not, like I really want to do what I want to do, like I want to coach. And what is that? What would that look like? You know? So um, kind of went on a deeper journey and surrounded myself with other mentors, right? Like a new, a new phase of mentorship sprung out of my personal evolution, if you will. And I wanted to learn from them, truly learn from them. After three years of like reading books and like kind of becoming immersed in personal development, I, you know, I kind of realized it took a step back. I was like, well, you know, I'm not like really changing a lot of my behavior. Like I'm becoming super aware and I'm, you know, I'm understanding different concepts, but I'm missing something and I'm missing also something deeper outside of like my personal friendships, like my buddies, mm-hmm. you know, like I love my friends. I have an amazing network of people. Um, but there's not a, you know, I sensed a lacking of uh, deeper emotional processing and connection and like feedback. Like, I think I was really craving like masculine leadership from other men who knew how to like call it how it is and like call me out and pull me, like pull me forward into like more of who I am, you know? And, our friend, our friend dynamics, like don't set us up for that. You know, they, they, they just, they just don't, um, yeah. Leading men's groups, you know, I, I you know, three years of that and here I am today. And so I really stand for, for that I, uh, concept to, to better, uh, the, the path of development for men in our
0: culture. And I can really relate to that in my own story. In fact, um, I've mentioned this on a previous podcast episode that I grew up in the New Jersey, New York area. And I had a very similar dynamic where I was, you know, in my early 20s, early to mid 20s, living in New York City with a large community of friends, a large community of male friends who were all trying to figure it out with no direction. (laughs) We had nobody um, except for our our own parents um, or each other's parents that we interacted with periodically. And that was actually what prompted my migration from the East Coast somewhere else because I said, hey, I need to find some elder men that can help me through this stage of my life because i'm not getting something that i needed so what was that what did that look like for you like what was the actual right you said you recognized that you needed more of that mentorship from these types of men and then how did you go about finding it
1: yeah like i'll be honest you know i'll be honest it was you know i was living in los angeles and it was you know i was just parting too much all my coping mechanisms were really like 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 for personal development i was like yeah more information because I would, again, it's just a coping mechanism, so I didn't have to really feel the deeper, la- the deeper layers. You know, my coping mechanisms in you know it was what like being a workaholic. You know, it was like avoiding the the other the unresolved things in my life. Like I, you know, I just used sort of, a, yeah, I'll just perform and I'll just work around the clock and drink too much and you know just kind of participate in that social dialogue and dynamic that is kind of our mid twenties for some people, not everybody. You know, I think um, I sensed like. I'm playing at the surface level. I know that I'm not accessing more of who I am. And like, I I have a feeling it hasn't, I'm like, I'm disconnected from my emotional capacity somehow. And if you're a 25 year old and you're dealing with some of these issues and you've stuffed it away for a long time, at some point, you know, you're smart enough to know, like I'm avoiding it in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although I don't have to like, go deep into that pain. But like, you know, I think there's a common, you know, if you're in a personal development right there, you know, if you're um, getting curious about maybe why you're here, or why you do the things you do, you know, I think there is that, you know, especially men that are, well, men grow through challenge. I think that's almost across the board, right? So, so there was this th- feeling of like, I wonder if like, I really challenged myself to really understand myself, like what the goal would be. Like, I think there's probably something there. And so I started understanding, I started looking at masculinity and like what. I didn't really know how to define it at the time. And it's not like we're taught that in college, really, that maybe it's a few courses here and there. And so I was like, I kind of want to figure this out. And, you know, I started reading books, kind of any book that I can get my hands on. You know, it started with David Data. There's a book called The Way of the Spirit of Man, you know, but I I came across initiation retreats and different things where I was like, oh, like men actually going into an experience and looking at their lives into, you know, a deeper way. And like, I was really attracted to that. I was like, it sounds super uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, but I was like, sign me up, let's do it. You know, that was a few years ago. And, you know, since then, and I've definitely immersed myself in certain modalities that that involve um, structure around men's group coaching, and things like that.
0: So that's awesome, man. I, I, there's a lot of parallels in in our journeys uh, and I, I want to keep the, the attention on yeah. you, but I, I think for myself, when I started to read, I read the same books. I read David Data's Way, The Superior Man, probably. It seems like there's a theme. Maybe that's like a rite of passage is reading that book at some point. <laughs>
1: uh, it's sounding a lot like that, I feel, when I, I'm talking to a lot of people and
0: start there. Yeah. And, and you start and you start to consume a little information. I remember going on uh, my first men's retreat. So maybe you could tell us a story about the first, because a retreat is a lot different than a book it's a lot different than a podcast. And so what was, what were some of those edges that you experienced that first time? And what were some of the light bulb, you know, cloud party moments that you might've had in that experience?
1: Yeah. I mean, like my big motivator for wanting to get a different experience was I finally realized that I, I was aware I was using information and stuff to like hide. That's really hard thing to see, but I did realize I was like, so driven and stuff to find answers. I was like, "Whoa, Whoa, wait, like I'm doing the same thing. I'm just reading books all the time and I'm not like I'm reading it to complete it, to feel accomplished with reading a book. That's not the idea of actual self-understanding and transformation though. Like the idea, if you ask me, like, what is the core premise of any experience that we walk into that where we want to become better or like more aware, you know, whatever is like, is actually just to like expand into our full experience so that we can be with whatever is to me that it's, Capacity building, you know, that breaks down into different things. And books can't really give you that. It's not. It's not a channel that offers that. And it gives you some awareness, but it's it's a lot of words, a lot of pages. We don't we don't take in a lot of that stuff. So, and then our bodies, right? Our bodies hold imprints of how we move, how we close up, how we reacted to our world when we were younger. Now, I didn't know this at the time, but that experience right you're tested and it's pulls out of you some emotional underpinnings of like your experience and you learn to like be with it and then you realize wow I'm being witnessed in a group I'm being witnessed and the energy is on me at certain times and hearts are actually open and you're in a safe space so there's all these benefits that start to come about like you're like wow I trust other men in ways that I I never did before you realize it's not just a cognitive thing but it's 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 a presence thing and it's an emotional thing. It's an, it's an embodied experience, whatever we don't claim and own our of our, of ourselves, right. We're going to hide it and, and it's going to, it's going to hold us back. And so, you know, you can't, again, you can't get that by a book or like podcast you have to like be in a group of people in a structure. So I know that's a lot. I know that's a lot, but you know, that, that's the, this concept of stepping into, you know, why would anybody make the decision to go to something like that or whatever that is there are so many things operating on a different level to get you at, out of your comfort zone,
0: you know? Yeah. And, and I love that, especially, I, I, I appreciate the irony because here we are recording a podcast interview and we're telling everyone who's listening, <laughs> yeah. like, this ain't it. <laughs> or at least it's not all well, of it. It's not all of it.
1: <laughs> but come on. I mean, I, I, I got into some podcasts, you know, I think it started with dating, you know, five years ago. And it was, you know, some men that had transitioned maybe out of pickup and were doing more lifestyle-based podcasts. And they had guys like us, you know, standing for something deeper and like what's your purpose and how do we how do we expand mentorship and stuff? And they were on that podcast. And so I have to thank those podcasts because it sent me on to it, it 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 inspired me to 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 do the deeper work on myself. So serves a purpose.
0: Absolutely. I, I agree. And I think for many people, hopefully this podcast and other podcasts that have a similar message and purpose are just stepping stones. Because like you said in, earlier in this interview, so many of these concepts are, aren't are even made, they don't even come on our field of awareness until we're older, until we have something that lets us know there's a different possibility out there, a different way to show up as a man in the world, or a different way to do anything. So but for those people who, like you said, are hiding behind the information, I can relate to that and resonate with parts of my journey that are like that. I still do it today. Let's, let's, I still do it today as a coach. So why? So let's, let's, let's try and understand it. So, so why why do we hide behind information at times? Well, so
1: if, if hiding behind information is a coping mechanism, right? It's a way to cope with not having to do the deeper thing right? That's what it is. There's more security in just taking the easier route, right? That, I mean, the basis of self-sabotage is that, is whether we are conscious or not, um, we have all of our mental, behavioral, emotional ways that we put things in front of our growth to make it harder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so, so security, you know, it's more, it feels more secure.
0: Um, And, and this and this idea of, of playing small, right, is is all related to this fear of failure that so many of us seem to be stricken with. So tell us a little yeah. bit about that, just the element of the, the fear of failing and what is the antidote for it? Mm, deep question. Let's go there. Yeah,
1: let's go. The fear of failure. We have fear of failure based on a few a few ideas, conditioning, right? Our experiential conditioning, right? Like we grow up as kids and we're given directions or given, uh, you know, we don't make sports teams and there's events and there's references that happen. And, um, and, and socially, right. And, and, and different ways, the world responds to that event gives us an idea that we have failed and that failure, right. Then closes us up. You know, we feel alone or we feel left out or we feel shameful, we feel angry, you know, all those things. So you add those up, you know, and they extend out into the to the work, you know, into work when we graduate college, you know, it extends out into college. I mean, college, right? The grading system in and of itself is this, you know, in my opinion, very unfortunate, fear-based system of value assessment. You could just give everybody A's and they have to kind of come from that place and see what happens over comparing everybody, right? So so our culture is basically, you know, come on, it's ingrained in competition, hierarchy, and fear at many levels. And so it's there, you know, so our conditioning is, it's there. So those are fears come from, you know, it's, uh, whenever we have, we feel like, you know, we might die or, you know, you know, social death is even, you know, death, right? Like if we're not accepted, like that, that, that comes up often, you know, whether we are conscious of it or not, walking up to somebody we want to talk to or for the first time, like, it's all conditioning in our actual bodies and our nervous systems that like put us at risk. Like, oh my gosh, if X happens, like I might die know, I might experience death,
0: <laughs>
1: you know? And the antidote though, really, <laughs> you know, there's, you know, I think, I think the common answer is do that, do the things that scare you most and rewire the references towards different behavior. That's one way. Another way to look at it is becoming super aware of how our emotional bodies and like our triggers come up or those triggers can be anything fear based, you know, Mm. speaking Facebook lives, talking to somebody new, making that phone call, having that conversation, et cetera, et cetera. Usually it's fear. We have a response in our body. So you have to open your body enough to feel that and when you practice opening to those feelings and you actually kind of work with being with it versus hiding it and not feeling it, it it's a martial art just like jujitsu like all these other, it's a martial art at that point mm-hmm. that's the lifelong antidote and the myth is that you know maybe you do x and your fears will go away you know like you watch movies documentaries you know personal development everything is, you know eliminate your fears and stuff well you know, I don't believe that. Um, I believe there's a lifelong antidote to be in relationship to it as like a yoga, as a, it's yoga, it's a yoga practice at that point.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. I just got off, like I mentioned before, I got off another interview earlier today and the guest I had on there, he mentioned, you know, he's he's been a performer for celebrities and he said, to be honest with you, the fear never actually goes away. He goes, I still have the same fear in my body that comes up from when I did that first trick back when I was, you know, 20 years old to now when I'm performing for celebrities and in front of, you know, thousands of people, he said, it's just the way that I hold the fear. He's like, I don't let it cripple me. So sometimes it's just the story we have around it. I'm I'm really interested to hear a little bit more about this sense of recognition in the body, because I'm, I'm sure I know what you're talking about, but I'm sure a lot of people who are listening are like, what does he mean in my body? So maybe you can break that down a little bit. What when fear shows up, how can we experience it and recognize it in our body and learn from it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, it'll show up, right? I mean, we have a solar plexus. We have um, access points in our body, right? Where you can kind of start, you can try to become more aware of how, when you're interacting with other people or you're driving or, you know, they're, they're sending these signals. And if you're not hearing the signals, and this is for a lot of guys, like a lot of guys are closed actually in that way. We might be, we might work out at the gym a lot. We might be really fit, but energetically, a lot of men are very blocked to this. Maybe it's intuition or it's these energetic sort of signals. Right. So, um, you know, I wish it were easier. I'd say, Hey, listen for this and you'll feel it. You know, there is that, but there's the fact that if you, maybe if you can't feel it at all, there, you know, your body is tight. You're not, you know, you've suppressed a lot. And so there's going to be work to be done around that. Um, you know. But typically it's a fight or flight-ish kind of stimulus where we, we feel like groundlessness a little bit. Like we're ungrounded. We're, what do we do? We're uncertain. It's, but that is, you know, you can go to a yoga class and play with that response, basically. You know, I, I'm a certified Wim Hof instructor. It's a method that involves exposure to cold water and certain breathing that it's a very practical way to actually put your body into that state and you can play with that. So there are a lot of great tools to actually, you know understand fear for sure but actually just deal with it and play with it and like kind of learn to appreciate
0: what it is i like that yeah yeah befriending some of these uh responses that our body has is is really really yeah. powerful i know I've, I've experienced it myself in different types of somatic work and i know like on a baseline level when i started to understand somatics and learn about that i was like oh like when my palms would get sweaty or when my heart would start beating really fast and for me at least beginning with those surface and superficial indicators and then almost in a meditative way how can i how can i try and detect other things that are happening to me when that state gets triggered because almost anybody if like let's say you're going to be in a car accident or you're going to like someone runs in front of your car and you jam on the brakes Almost everybody has the heart starts pumping really fast. You know, you feel yeah. like you're breathing heavy. Those are some of those responses that you're talking about, right?
1: Yeah, of course. You know, and interestingly enough, right, where it's like, you know, if I were to recommend to guys, you know, like, you know, your listeners, it's like, go try yoga. Like, honestly, I'm a really, like the concept in and of itself, but like a hot yoga class. Um, like in Austin here, for example, like the, there are very, very few men in those classes. All the time, I'm the only guy. Mm-hmm. And this is the largest yoga chain in the country. And we're in LA, it's, you know, half the people are men, half the people are women. Um, you know, whatever, it's regional, it's fine. But you're. it's usually really uncomfortable. Now, I'm not saying fear comes up in a yoga class, but it is bodily awareness around how things can get, you know, and things can get uncomfortable in a yoga studio. You might feel like people are looking at you. Am I doing it right? There's all these like weird things coming to play. But you'll learn that there's no way to do it right. And there's no like completion. It's about dancing with it. And so that that core practice concept, like you can take into even as aggressive of a a moment as like, oh, I'm going to get in a car accident and you'll be probably more equipped and effective at handling the situation to public speaking or all these other things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm promoting yoga. I I am. I just, I think it's so practical. Like, so people are asking about antidotes or how do I do this and that and the stuff we're talking about these, these momentary uh, hits of blockages and like uh, barriers to, to what we maybe want to create. Like yoga is a yogic practice in and of itself, I think is very healthy and effective way
0: (laughs) yeah well and what's what's cool i love i love how you took a look at all these different practices and experiences as information and just just kind of like that broad stroke that makes everything that we can do an opportunity to get information and to learn more about ourselves and our experience because to me that simplifies or epitomizes this master's journey the, the journey of mastering ourselves so that we can show up powerfully in the world and lead a powerful life and it, it actually seems to me like it just begins with shifting that perspective into instead of these are all the opportunities I have to fail and look bad. Here's a whole yep. bunch of opportunities that I have to learn more about myself, either in like a physical or a mental or an emotional or spiritual way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, really, really great, insightful discovery. Um, and it, speaking of which, That's one outlet is going to a yoga class and kind of going within and learning about yourself. But one thing that you and I both aligned on when we were jamming on that call we had like a month ago was the importance of groups of men, of men coming together and circling together and being vulnerable with each other. So why do you feel that those spaces are so essential for the development of men? Yeah,
1: they are essential. Full believer in that there's call it pack wisdom. Okay. The group of wolves actually like there's entrainment that occurs. Entrainment is like, you know, stimulus that happens from the external environment. And like the whole group sort of picks up on something so they can better, you know, all do their part to advance the pack. Now, you know, if you have a long-term men's group, you know, there's, there's not necessarily a pack outcome that you're looking to achieve, but there's pack wisdom. You know, if I ask men, like, you know, if I step in a group of 10 men and we're you know, we, we meet every week, And it's not to talk about baseball and stuff. It's like, no, we're supporting each other. There's structure. There's, you know, a curriculum, whatever it is, you know, and I'm like, Hey guys, like, here's how I'm interpreting my situation. And I feel like I'm closed off to maybe feeling into this part where I can't lead this partner or this business situation or this next decision in a way that truly feels like it's true for me and it could serve the world or it could serve this situation or my purpose. Like, what am I missing? What am I missing? So you get interpretation feedback, uh, you know, and it's hopefully, you know, if the men's group has done well, it's not people's judgments thrown at you. It's, it's actually heartfelt, you know, small offerings that can help round out your decision making in life, big time decision makings, you know, like big, big decisions, you know, then there's the feedback, like sharp feedback. Like you said, you got, you're going to follow up on this assignment. Or you're going to show up on this time and you're not like, where are you showing up the same way in your life? Like, it's not cool with me. I don't trust you as much as I thought I did because you're always late to the calls. Are you late to your meetings? Are you late to when you said you, you know, um, meet your wife or your partner or girl, or you know, whatever to this and that. And, and so the framework is how do I serve each man based on how he is being, you know, what, how can I serve him with feedback? And it's a mirrored process then, right? Because what we you know, what we can see and maybe are triggered in other people. That's maybe some part that we haven't resolved with ourselves. So it is this mirrored experience that is very, very real and has impacts that absolutely change how you show up in your everyday life. And I think the third part, so, you know, the first part is that interpretation, you know, beyond like therapy and support, it's how do we serve each other on how we look at the world, our mindset. Two is that feedback. Like, A lot of guys, maybe, you know, if you're a CEO or, you know, whatever, a lot of people miss out on hearing like the sharp truth because some people don't want to ruffle the feathers. Mm. They don't want to, they don't want to really say something that might offend them. Sharp feedback because that's what we do in a men's group. It's like, oh, you hear what you don't hear out in the real world. Mm -hmm. You know, third is, is, um, you know, I think accountability. I mean, I you know, anything around accountability, what you're trying to create in the next few weeks or whatever, like hold me accountable to this and that. You know, I think um, anybody that deals with self-sabotage or especially there's there are certain personalities that you try to use willpower to like change their behavior and that doesn't work over and over again, you need group support mm-hmm. because you're more accountable to the expectations others hold of you than the expectations you've held with yourself.
0: Totally, totally, yeah. And, I, and I've seen it on the men's teams that I'm a part of that, you know, yeah. a man will sell himself out all day long probably for his whole life and as soon as commitments and declarations are made yeah. in front of his men it's like I it's know. like you get an injection of this superpower it's like i don't want to let them down you know and and of course it's really about the individual but it, it like I, I like what you said for those people who have chronic issues or challenges with self-motivating or getting a, rising above yeah, yeah the inhibitors that's it, it's really really big
1: yeah. Big time. I, I do want to add one more piece and it, it ties back to, uh, you know, just your questions around the retreat experience and like why that's even important to consider, um, you know, all that, like a lot of research shows, you know, like being witnessed in like your processing of certain events or showing others, like the parts of ourselves that like, we just don't really like, or, you know, um, there is a witnessing aspect of a, like a circle and a group that is very healing um and it's it's energetic too right so there's like this group force um you know there's a lot of research on that that shows that and you know across the world there's a lot of this going on i just think it's it's pretty uncommon for a lot of people to hear about it you know in their 20s and it's just not something that surfaces but
0: yeah and i'm glad that you brought that part up too because i know a lot of my own personal healing also happens when i'm witnessing another man going through something that i can relate to and so even just being in the company of other men in their process and being able to share your process can be healing for someone else and you may not even know it so i'm glad you put you brought up that one because that's that's one that oftentimes we don't think about because our world is very self-referenced and we forget that our stories inspire and empower other people too Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I mean, this, this has been a great conversation up to this point. There's been so many good nuggets of information that you've dropped in. Um, and as we start moving towards wrapping up here, I want to ask you uh, a few quick kind of rapid fire questions just to, just to close out uh, the way that we always do. So you ready? Ready as ever. Here it goes. Okay. So what is the one thing you learned in your life up to now that you wish you knew back when you were 18 years old? I don't have to be right all the time. Awesome. (laughs) I wish I heard that one too. Um, And what, uh, you kind of answered this question already. So what do you think are the top three values that men of of this society, modern age, ought to have? Mm. Integrity, willingness to serve, and trust. They have to cultivate trust. Mm. Integrity, service, and trust. Now let me ask you a follow-up question. I've never done this with anybody yet, but here we go. (laughs) Okay. What what does the world start to look like when every single man is living in integrity, service, and trust? Right, <laughs> right. Well, let's hear it, man. What, what do you what do you see? What is your vision of a world where men are living that way? Yeah, I mean, it's hard
1: to say everything will be fixed. It's you know, it's not about that. I mean, I just see harmony. You know, I see I see declines in the generational handoff of pain and suffering. I mean, that means our our daughters and our daughters' daughters' friends—you know—they don't have to worry about being raped. They don't have to worry about being attacked. Crime, like there's all—you know—it all is this rip. It's this giant connected ripple effect, you know. And through the lens of what this, what we're talking about, there is a ripple effect that changes all of those numbers and, statistics and the statistics and everything. So the sky's the limit, you know. I mean, it's, I don't think it's one pill that solves everything, but yeah, you know, there's there's just there's going to be less dividedness less hate, less anger, less crime, less sexual abuse, less trauma. And it's, it's all about like preventing it from being handed down.
0: I like that. That's huge too. Yeah. Not, not passing that on to our kids or to the younger men that we mentor, you know, breaking that lineage, that ancestral that, lineage. That's what's at risk, you know, too. I mean, I
1: I think if um, you look at, you know, maybe my experience or other men's experience where like their fathers are around, okay, there that's one thing, you know, then it's, you know men that okay great you are going to be around and you're showing up in the world okay awesome you're going to be around for your kids but you know have you know you're going to potentially pass off a lot of stuff you know, you can't be perfect you know really getting a grasp and mastery around how you can limit some of the the things that you can hand off you know like i think that's important
0: and i love that too because it gives every one of us as you know Men or women, but let's just keep the top, the highlight, on, spotlight on men. It gives every man the power to have an influence. You know, just just by being in, in integrity and service and, tr- and building trust, you have a ripple effect that permeates all of society. Yeah, absolutely. Right That's huh? great. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. So, just the last question here: How can the listeners follow you, track your journey, learn more about what you're up to, and and work with you?
1: Yeah, uh, I like to go with Instagram. I'm really active on Instagram. I want to be more active on some other social media, but, um, you know, at T Rosnos, just lowercase T R O Z N O S on Instagram. Uh, you can go to my website, travisrosnos.com. You know, I run group programs and so it's, it's more intimate and there's small groups of it. So that usually involves conversations and kind of understanding where guys are at. Uh, to see if it's a fit. So there's that. So I'm definitely always willing to, to talk to guys and like, like truly just show up to serve and support them. And like, cause I've been there. And so, yeah, man, conversation, I'm open to that Instagram. I do pictures and videos and all that stuff, but yeah, that's kind of where you can find me.
0: Right on. Cool. Well, I'll make sure I throw that up in the show notes so everyone can track you down and We'll have to keep tracking your journey as you, as you continue on building your work in the world and bring you back again for round two sometime. Thanks for having me on. I, I,
1: I really, really enjoyed this approach to, you know, kind of what you're offering to guys. And I think it's, it's really valuable. It's really important.
0: So right on, man. Well, thanks for being here. What an episode it was great to dive in with travis and to hear his experience of growing up without his dad being a presence in his life and figuring out what masculinity and being a man was on a real base level think about how many men there are out there how many young men how many boys are there out in the world right now who are trying to figure out being a man by watching tv by watching youtube by listening to music and hearing the messages that all of these other men, quote-unquote men, are putting out into the world based on what their experiences were of not having a masculine presence in their life. This is the core essential problem with our culture right now, especially when we talk about men and masculine culture, is that the foundations of masculine culture are not strong. The foundations of masculine culture, in large part, are one-dimensional, and we're teaching young men, to inherit the same things about being macho not showing your feelings not showing your emotions they don't we don't know how to express ourselves and be entrusting of other people other men to see us and to not judge us for how we're showing up or who we are so i love travis's story i hope you guys got a lot of value out of this episode if you are listening to this and maybe you don't have a circle of men maybe you're not in the rising man facebook group yet Maybe you're out there in the world doing it by yourself. You've got that lone wolf mentality. You saw your dad do it that way. You saw your uncles do it that way, your grandfather. Maybe it's been a legacy that's been passed down to you. Or maybe not. But maybe you're another one of those guys who just hides out because you're afraid of embracing challenge. You're afraid of leaning in and being vulnerable and risking failure to be your highest and greatest version of yourself. And yet, even though you know this, you don't know how to find your way out that's the guy that I want to talk to. If that's you, um, if that's you right now. You're, you're hearing my voice and your earbuds or in your radio in your car while you're driving to work. I want you to hit me up with a message on Facebook. Hit me up with an email. Jettyazuma at gmail.com. We'll set up a conversation and I will help you find your very next step because there is no reason. In this day and age, with all of this technology and all these opportunities to connect with each other, why any of us have to feel alone and isolated in the work that we're doing on ourselves and in our lives. So hit me up if that's you. Take a moment to check out the show notes for links and resources over at the therisingmanpodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on the podcast app or program of your choice because it really goes a long way. I appreciate every single one of you guys who have been leaving reviews, subscribing, sharing the episodes of the podcast with your community. This is how we make this thing grow. I can't do it all by myself. I am just a voice behind the microphone. I'm the man who's doing the work to put this message out there. I need ambassadors. I need people out there in the world doing the work, spreading this message in your unique way. So please make sure you subscribe, leave a review, comment, share these episodes with the men in your life because it makes a difference. It makes a difference not just for this movement but for the men that you're extending this and sharing this message with. So make sure you do that. Join the Rising Man Facebook community if you haven't already. Facebook.com slash groups slash the Rising Man. This is where it's going down. This is where we are elevating the conversation and lifting each other up, celebrating each other, supporting each other, making it so we can win and not have to figure out how to do it all by ourselves men all over the world there's hundreds of us in there so if you're not in there already make sure you jump in and if you're in there already but you haven't invited any of your friends come on stop being selfish share the wealth bring them in we were always looking for more men to make this community grow that's the mission is to expand and spread this message all over the world so that every man is lit up in his purpose hit us up on instagram at the rising man pod and at Jedi azuma that's my personal instagram Shout-outs and love to my man Sean Offenbach over at Infinite Melodics. That's at Infinite, M-E-L-O-D-I-X. I have made Sean work overtime, double-time this past couple of weeks. So, Sean, I really appreciate you, brother, for everything you're doing. And I'll leave you guys with this. Ask yourself, why have you not reached out to a circle of men and asked to be invited into their space? Or why have you not created a circle of men in your life around you right now? If you're already in one, great. What took you so long? <laughs> and if, you, if you're already in a circle, why are you not bringing other men into that space? Just ask yourself some questions. Be curious. You're not a bad person. Just something to examine and look at. All right. And until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.